Welcome to the debut episode of Arbitrary Arguments, the podcast where two friends test their friendship over the most trivial things, with metal music being the topic of this week's episode. So first of all, I want to say hello to my co-host Tristan. It's been a while since we've been in in the podcast space together, and I'm very much looking forward to this. It's been something we've been working on for a while. Uh, We really, really hope you enjoy it. So, like I was saying in the intro, uh, we're going to be talking about metal music because we both have a pretty familiar relationship with that genre. Um, I personally grew up listening to that music, and I, I believe you did as well. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, uh, pretty much my whole life, I've I, it's it's been around me in some capacity. Yeah, same. Uh, a lot of that came from my dad, who who was listening to that when I was growing up. So. You know, he kind of took me under the the metal wing. And I as I have grown up, my thoughts on the genre have changed drastically, a lot of which for the negative. And I know you're still very active in that scene, so I thought we would hash it out here. Yeah, it's kind of because we've talked about this a billion times. Oh, so yeah, many times. This, this is not this is a new conversation about a very familiar topic to us. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think this is sort of like us, like bearing the hatchet in a way of this long discussion that you and I constantly have. It's Literally, like, let's I finally think it's just get it all out there, make it yeah. night of it, <laughs> enjoy each other's company and hash this out. Yeah. So with your uh, dad, though, wh- like what kind of bands was he listening to? Because I feel like when people say my dad listens to X kind of music, it's always the older. If it, they, if it was like hip hop, it would have been like the old school, like NWA and stuff like that. If it was metal, then everyone would think Metallica. So what exactly when you say your dad listens to metal, like what does that look like? I feel like my dad's more up to date on metal music than I am. Okay. Um, His favorite bands stemming all the way back from the 90s has been Deftones. Um, But it was not uncommon to see Behemoth CDs in our house, um, Slipknot CDs, you name it from where he he used to work um, managing a Hot Topic. So he had to be very familiar with like new music and that scene as it was coming out. Mm. So he listens to a lot like Poison the Well, Meshuga, the same stuff any metalhead will will say they listen to. Not so much uh, new metal core. Okay. Right. So some some gaps, of the death metal. Though, some... a, he has a good familiarity across the board with it, though, overall. Yeah, it's not like when you go, oh, I grew up listening to metal with my dad and it's like Motley Crue. Yeah. Yeah, we're a little we're a little more involved than that. Yeah. <laughs> Over modernized. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then nope. when you got into it though, like what kind of bands were you like you're like these are my bands. These aren't dad's bands, but like these are the bands I'm getting into. So, the first band that I remember being like 
holy fuck i love this and i mean not metal metal but they were my my bridge into that world right yeah um was lincoln park and i think that's a lot of kids bridge into that world uh, our a lot of people's our our generation exactly yeah i feel like it, it, i feel it was like, like it, lincoln park hear, was that man you hear a lot of lincoln park you hear a lot of disturbed that's that's my gateway was disturbed uh and then a lot of obviously slipknot and then corn yeah. i feel like those are, the, are like I, I could be wrong i feel like those are the top four bands for like our generation of getting into heavy music. You yeah. Know? And, and I will say Slipknot was up there for me as well. Um, but I never really felt like Slipknot was like my band that did always feel very much like, Oh, this is a band my dad likes. And I like yeah. this band too. Same thing with corn. Like I was getting into them very late in the game when he already had their discography. Yeah. Right. Uh, but some things that like, a day to remember under oath uh every time i die those were bands that i felt like okay these will even though my dad also enjoyed those bands i dived way deeper into that world than he did it's so nice having ownership essentially over artists that you like regardless of genre you know like when someone introduces you into a specific type of music you're like oh, i'm getting into this music but all the artists i'm listening to are from my friend my whoever and then you go off on your own path to discover more artists in that and then you discover like you said like under a third day to remember you're like oh this is like right. my band like this isn't dad's band and yeah you have that ownership yeah and, and how it yeah and especially as you know when you're young and you're listening to this music, it's all metal. It's all rock or it's all country. It's all rap. It's not until you start like really diving in that you discover all these sub genres too, where you're like, Oh, you know, Oh, there's metal. Sure. But then there's hardcore. Then there's metal core. You know what I mean? Like, and you find all these like little sub genres. And I think that's a really cool thing too, is how like, metalcore was kind of our generation's thing yeah very much so like i don't feel you know like my dad for example knows those bands but he doesn't have stories of going to their shows like we do yeah. and you know what i mean so those very much like metalcore felt like a genre um for us for kids yeah. our age in the alternative scene growing up. And I have a lot of fond memories about growing up in the metalcore scene. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm still like very much into the metalcore scene, not so much into the bands I was initially in when I got into the music, but it it's definitely like, it is a font, like it, despite all the problems in the genre, and I'm sure metalcore is something we'll pick apart later, but it is something where there's this there's some really great bands but there's also some bands it's like sure they're not great but it's like they're just special because of like the era that they came out in you know it was such a sure like a renaissance within metal it was like yeah. a very special time even if the band is some of those bands were just utter trash but they just came out at the right time that just worked you know yeah i i think that was and you know this is one of the grievances with metal that that we're going to talk about on a music level later is I feel like the beginning of the metalcore thing was really some of the last time we had some real experimentation in that genre. Yeah. 
overall. I mean, there's always, you know, counter examples. I think uh, Spirit Box is kind of one of the big counter examples of that as far as new yeah, metal. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about Spirit today. Box a good bit throughout this episode. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, any, any shit I'm talking on, on metal, that doesn't involve them. They're fine. Yeah, there's always there, there's always exceptions. Like that's the thing yeah, about there's music. exceptions to the rule. I don't get people who are like this entire genre sucks. I don't like this genre. It's like it's that's like fine, you, nerd. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine to not like it, but to be like, oh, this just sucks. It's like it's like come on. It's like there You're are telling me artists the, in every single thing. Out of thousands and thousands of artists, you can't find one that you yeah. vibe with. Like <laughs> there's really, literally thousands. Like, uh, shout out to our previous dead podcast that we used to have but we had a music section in there and like i showed you and our other co-hosts uh, a good friend of ours a behemoth record who are a black metal band a genre that you guys did not like and you guys came out of that album i still don't like, like it yeah but that, that album, album i enjoy yeah you you guys were like you both couldn't believe it. you're like this is fucking good this is really good like how yeah, <laughs> yeah you know but yeah it's it's People are fucking stupid. I have and, a real appreciation uh, for music in general. Yeah, I, so I think I like that's it where, across the board. I think that's where it comes in. A lot of people just don't have a true appreciation. They like to say they do, like, oh, I love all music. But except for country, I hate country and I don't and I hate metal. And they're like, well, you don't have an appreciation for it if you hate it, you know? Right. It's like fuck off. <laughs> well, that's not real music. They just yell in the microphone. Yeah, it's <laughs> God. Isn't that's isn't that just the dumbest fucking shit ever? Oh the my worst God. argument for it ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I will say we're gonna get all the problems with metal, but man, metal haters though are just like God. Un- they're just intolerable people. Uh, it's it's really the lack of knowledge and what they're hating that's frustrating. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like they hate something literally just because they don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, I I totally unlike me and I hate it for completely different reasons. Yeah, at least you're someone who understands it very well. I think that's what that's what makes this work (laughs) is that you and I are coming from a place where we both came from it. I'm staying with it, and you not necessarily, with a few exceptions of some bands you still like and whatnot. But yeah, um, but you know, just to kind of pivot um to uh like my relationship because like I said earlier, it's like I I also grew up with it. Um, my oldest brother uh was super into like a lot of like the early like late 80 like late 80s early 90s to mid 90s kind of death metal and stuff like that so it was a lot of like morbid angel cannibal corpse dying fetus uh you name it around that era of like the formative death metal bands that kind of created that genre so that was my introduction i liked it but i couldn't consider myself a fan of music in general or just any specific genre until a little bit later um that's when i discovered disturbed um not so much metal as a lot of people do call them that but they're more rock uh of a band but yeah they're about rock band yeah but they uh which is for the listeners isn't it sounds like a derogatory term to call something but rock but it's not it just it it's means just hard like rock music in the it's early just hard 2000s. rock like stuff you're gonna f- hear on like serious radio yeah um but to this day they're still my favorite band i think a lot of that is probably nostalgia but i do think they're fucking good um regardless but that was kind of my introduction and then our mutual friend that we had our previous podcast with 
he kind of introduced you to a lot of metalcore. So there's like a lot of data remember, uh, for the fallen dreams, woe is me. Uh, a lot of the mid 2000s to like early 2010s metalcore that man, most of it's garbage and most of yeah. it I don't listen to anymore. I think the only band from that time I still listen to is a data remember. That's the only band I still listen to from that, at least of the, of those types of bands. Um, but yeah, yeah there, I, were, there were a lot of bands in the era that like they really did something unique and fun, and I really respect that. But any deeper than that, like it just wasn't good. Yeah, you know it was either mean? not good or those bands got really stale once they had to then make a second or third or fourth album, yeah. and then you're like, oh, that, that the creativity was all in that first album, maybe two albums, maybe three if you're lucky, but it eventually but it's gone. Yeah, it, it runs out really fast. Um, but then I kind of had a resurgence in extreme music, though. Like, uh, Slipknot, I got into, like, way later. Uh, I actually didn't, when I first heard them, I didn't like them. But uh, then I heard uh, some so- some of their early music, and that's what kind of got me into them. Uh, then I got a resurgence, though, in extreme music with through Deathcore, because uh, I was like, I all like you like how you had bands that were your dad's bands that you kind of listened to. I had this resurgence where it was like death metal was my brother's music. Deathcore became my thing. So I got really into Whitechapel. Like that was like one of the few, there's very few times where it's like, I feel like most bands I listen to, I, it takes me a couple songs to get into it, you know? Uh, yeah. But there's some special bands though, where the first time you listen to it and you're like, hold the fuck up this is some real shit right here, you know? And that's what Whitechapel was, to this day, I think are some of the most impressive uh, extreme metal artists out there. That band, they're fucking incredible. Uh, and I love them. Uh, so it was like I a lot of that. I think they are good in a genre that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, that genre, like the metalcore thing, because like the metalcore thing, Deathcore blew up and it was like some of these bands that were doing you know cool shit and especially yeah. for since it was such a formative genre we look at the spice icon or suicide silence and Whitechapel and carnifex but then everyone kind of ran out of ideas and we're just copying all those bands uh and then you have Whitechapel who just completely transformed themselves at least two times throughout their career and it's like really impressive shit and it's like and they're just talented artists and that's what really holds it all all up honestly it comes down to at the end of the day um so there's a lot of that type of stuff. I feel like uh, I'm unlike you though. It didn't run stale with me. I feel like my tastes in metal though have changed. I can't do heavy for the sake of heavy. I feel like I need some sort of substance, both in the lyrical content, which I've always preferred, uh, like something like some sort of message, something more meaningful. Of course, there's some uh, bands that aren't like that that work still work for me but i think the musical talent is so strong with some bands like the black dollar murder sure they're not writing some political commentary or something deep and personal they just have a bunch of fun death metal songs but they're super talented and what they do so i you know they're one of the few bands that get to pass for me but most of those bands like Whitechapel or disturbed or slipknot or whatever like i want some more substance with musically and lyrically and so i've kind of gone away from like being you over the head to fucking brutality and stuff like that i just can't do uh i just think it's boring as shit and i like stuff that's more intricate or stuff that's more melodic and then i also stuff like stuff that's more experimental like like the new spirit box album that takes you from like like a full they have like 
basically like holy roller is like a death metal song and then they have like yeah. a song that's a full-on pop song in the middle of that album and oh, then yeah. they end, and they- and i actually have a really hard time and i listened to this album on repeat this week um because one it's i think one of the best releases of this year oh absolutely and again saying that as someone who isn't a big fan of of the genre but you know what thought kept coming across my head when listening to that spirit box album and i'm like man i like this i like this other than a couple songs it's not a metal album yeah it's not it's it has i think it's an alternative rock album with some metal songs and metal influence i think that's fair i don't i don't think they fit i don't and you know a lot of the artists that are really good that that you'll hear me praise especially anywhere near the metal scene are like that you know i think for me like an album of the year was that turnstile record. That, oh yeah, uh, that shit was good. They came out and it's like, okay, it's hardcore, but it's also kind of pop punk. And it's also kind of just punk. And what is is this like R and B? It's one of those things like it doesn't fit anywhere in particular. Yeah, and I think Spearbox is kind of the same way with this album, and I think that's a good thing. But I don't know if I can look at them as like, oh, the shining light of metal, like everyone else seems to be looking at them as. I would, I would say almost, they are. I would almost guarantee their next album is going to be even less heavy. If I had to, if I was putting, I, I don't, on the I don't know about that. Uh, based on what I've been following, I, I don't think so. I think this, but I do think having that blend is. I think for the bands that are pushing things forward is that is what the future looks like. You know, it's like kind of like this genre fluid thing where it's like, like, Hey, we're going to have like this super brutal song, but then we'll have a pop song. Then we end the album on like a ballad, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? This is wild. Or that, uh, that last bring me the horizon album where it's just like pop songs like nonstop, but there's also like death metal influences. There's some electronic stuff. There's like a million other things going on. You're like, I, I'm looking all over the place. This is wild, you know. Like stuff like that, I think is so brilliant. Or like if you look at Slipknot, you know, who've been around a lot longer and kind of done this sort of like genre fluid thing. It's like they're kind of industrial. They're kind of hardcore. They're kind of death metal. They're kind of thrash. But no one considers talks about their genre because it's just like they're just slipknot you know there's just some bands that are just like yeah like you just have to tell people go listen i feel like spirit box if they can continue expanding their sound it's just gonna get to a point where someone's like oh what so what are they and you just go go listen to it just just check it out yourself you'll see you know because it's like they're just so they just defy the barriers of genre and i think that's just so cool and i think in terms of the art of metal, I think that that is where it can be strongest. But even then, I don't think every band needs to do that. Like that's what I prefer. I like. But to me, if I, you know, if I have to, I'm a critic and whatnot uh, as a journalist, and I ha- when I have to like review something, if like if I'm reviewing an album, an album is a nine or a ten for me. If 
it has at least some variety. You know, it has to have something, especially a 10 out of 10 album. Like, I would say that Spears Box album for me is a 10 out of 10. It's my album of the year so far. I think it's just brilliant. Um, it's but in stuff my like top that. Three. Yeah, it's like, dude, it says a lot when it's like non metal people are turning their heads at Spirit Box and going, shit, what, what's, what are these people doing? You know? Yeah. Uh, I think that is where it's strongest because it's like, the two the problem with metal is too many artists do the same things and don't oh. expand on things. Oh boy, and that's just the beginning of the problem with metal. But yeah, that's one of my biggest complaints with the genre is holy fuck, is it stale and does it lack uh diversity? Yeah, I feel like there are some bands I think get a pass to that because I think there's some bands they're just so incredibly talented. You know what you're getting when they announce an album, but you don't care because they're not good. Like I think the Black Dahlia Murder is that type of band. Every one of their albums is not, basically the same thing, but I think they're so fucking good. I just don't care. I you think know? the exception is if you have a sound and you created it or, or you are doing it better than anyone has ever done it. Yeah, and I think, also just, but there, the thing is, there can only be so many of those. Yeah, absolutely. Those bands I, in a genre. If that's where the playing field is, either you have to be doing something unique, or you have to be doing it the best. Yeah, and I think you also have to, like, if things are getting stale, you need to reinvigorate yourself. Like, I can think, I think Whitechapel's um, direction is one of the most brilliant things that's happening right now. Not just in deathcore, but I think in metal in general. The fact that they're they're still a deathcore band because they have the breakdowns and they have like some death metal elements and some of these other elements that make them deathcore still. But it's a very loose term. I almost don't want to call them deathcore anymore because it's like they have like a handful of breakdowns, but like they mix kind of groovy elements in there, very rhythmic elements, very melodic elements. They're starting to sing in a lot of their songs now, like more and more each album, and it's like that band like. Stuff like that, I think, is incredible. It's like, sure, you're not changing necessarily the game overall, but you're changing your specific little niche of your genre, you know? And, like, you have to do something, you know? And I think the future is very bright in terms of the bands that are doing it are doing it extre- they're doing it extremely well are just, like, I think, changing the game. Like, like that, a lot of the bands we talked about, like, you know, Spirit Box and uh, bringing the horizon, I think, is incredible what they're doing, or even like newer bands too, like Code Orange too. Like, oh my god, like they're just crushing it. And I think ninety percent of the bands aren't doing shit. And then, but that small, like five to ten percent, though, I think are doing a tremendous job, though. Yeah, I. As far as the music, I have more of my frustrations with metal have to do with the culture than the music itself uh but my grievances with with the art is i feel like when one band gets big in the genre everybody does that band oh yeah like i maybe have heard 20 bands that sound like architects oh yeah yeah like architects came out and then every band was architects yeah and every time bring me the horizon releases an album two years later that's what every metalcore album sounds like yeah it it sucks because it diminishes the in a way it diminishes the hard work and talent behind the original like band well sure it does because unless you're one of the the quote-unquote ogs who uh who was listening to it when it came out 
and you hear all these copycats first and you go back, it doesn't sound impressive. Yeah. Or nearly as impressive as it was when it released. And I, you, I, sorry, go ahead. And that's just such a a big black stain on the on the genre is that anytime something new comes out, it is either run into the ground and shit on for five years until eventually people were like, Oh, that was pretty cool. Or it's copied to death. I also, you know what, what band also gets this? I think what genre gets this more than anything with, cause metal is like so expansive. Right. And I think to both its benefit and detriment, uh, it, there's many ways you can look at that. But as we've already kind of discussed all these different subgenres and whatnot, but a genre that gets that, I think more than any other genre in metal though, is progressive metal. Oh my yes. fucking god. Dude, first of all, <laughs> if we want to talk about a band that I think is more copied than any other band, I'm saying Meshuggah. Meshuggah? I'd say Meshuggah and with I'm, Periphery too. I'm would... saying Meshuggah's fucking... If I hear any more goddamn gent in a song, I'm going to throw my fucking computer across the room. It has been played to death yeah every metal song they're like oh but hold on we're gonna have some gent here and the new spirit box did it too i was like god damn it yeah but i feel like that the, they but were, they had enough variety around it yeah they're it was probably okay. the first band that to have done gent in like over a decade and done it well like mm-hmm. i can't remember the last band that was like oh i'm gonna do this sound and then not do it well you know like i think the thing about progressive music too that people don't understand like i'm gonna look at periphery for this and i think periphery is a fantastic band they're one of my favorite bands i think they do a good job of variety and experimentation except for when they took that one album to copy protest the hero yeah yeah outside of that one time like (laughs) their last album i think is brilliant um with like what that album did did some very weird awesome shit but man the amount of bands that heard periphery and did not understand the point and were like oh so if we make all of our guitar tones and bass tones sound like this, we're going to be successful too. It's like, no, you need like the variety in there. There's like a lot Their Their instrumentation's fantastic. Like it's so intricate and so, and so well done. And people were just like, Oh, what if I just play very basic shitty riffs and breakdowns and this sound, and then that's it. And then I call it a day. And it's like, yeah, but you're not going to introduce like all these other elements to make your music more complex and more depth to it. And it's like that's the problem with that genre. It's like it's, it's just progr- it. Yeah, it's like people are. All like, it is. Yeah, it's just one guitar like, tone over and over again. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh, it's progressive music," and it's like, "No, progressive music is meant to Means be kind of experimental like, yeah. and like expand on the sound." Like Spiritbox, that's a progressive band, and like actually doing it, and then. I couldn't even tell you how many bands that just like it's just basic metal and then they just have this sound that just corrupts the entire thing. You're just like, man, this yeah. is suffocating. Yeah. It it's infuriating, but I you know, it's nice that you I'll put it this way. When we were growing up, I felt like we were introduced to so much music that was coming out that was doing something new constantly like oh yeah every week three new bands yeah you know all doing something different not necessarily good but different yeah and now it's like 
what you have two surprising releases a year and then you have your legacy bands that just always do well yeah i mean that's really how it seems to me as someone who has left the genre and therefore you know doesn't listen to every major release unless i start seeing it you know making the rounds and and you know critics are being like guys there's something here kind of like spirit box um I wouldn't have listened to Spirit Box if I wasn't seeing the the reception to them. Yeah, honestly, like. But I mean, about, how like, do you feel being being in the genre? Like, are you not seeing that too? No, I do. Like, that's actually what I was going to bring up because you said that, like, how there's like is like two like surprise releases. Or so I'm like, I brought I have on my, on my phone. I have like uh my notes of my uh of my top albums of the year. I have like eight yep. albums on there that, of like what I've really have jammed out to this year same and the only new band on there that i haven't listened to let's say prior to this year is spirit box and that's because they put out their debut album you know uh everyone else on this list i've i've either been listening to i would say for the pat for i either i think the newest band on this list that i listen to is head cave or ginger both those bands i've been listening to for at least a year or year or two and then but then you look at everything else on my list. I have uh, the new me at six album uh, been around the, forever. Yeah. And I've I been mean, listening since we to, were teenagers. I've been listening to that band since I was a freshman in high school. They're one of my favorite bands still, but yeah, I've been listening to forever. The new era album, again, a band I listened to since high school. Again, another band I love forever, but it's like, none of those are new for, for me, you know, a car effects and a day to yeah. remember and bear tooth. Again, all bands I've been listening to for years now, since, like high school to early college years and i'm just like man spirit box this entire year is the only surprise release and even then i was i was looking forward to it for over a year since they've been teasing that album for a long time of course covid and whatnot probably delayed that album we could have gotten that album maybe last year but still it's like god damn that's the only quote quote surprise release or something that i I wasn't already expecting like, oh, cool. I'm going to get a new, you know, X, Y, Z bands, you know, uh, sure. albums. But then Spirit Box is like, oh, shit, this is something new. And it's like, but in that, yeah, no, I agree, dude. It, man, it's fucking dry as shit. <laughs> it, I feel like it has been for like 10 years. At least, yeah. You know, like, yeah, kind of what you said earlier, like a lot of stuff coming out in our generation wasn't necessarily good, but at least it was fresh. Yeah. And I can respect that a lot. I can respect the bad album that tried really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it had something like we liked it when we were kids for a reason, because it was new. It was weird. It was fresh. Right now. um, We've kind of talked about how we feel about the genre itself. And I actually think your last point is a good segue into one of the biggest issues I have with the culture around metal. Are you comfortable to segue out of the actual music itself and into yeah, the culture? Let's, let's get let's get into this because this this is the I think this is where I think we're, we might argue a little bit. And I also think this is what sparked the idea of making this into the into a topic for the podcast because we talked about the music and how dry metal is and like but the bands that are doing well and all this like all the stuff we've already talked about we've talked about that before but the culture we've touched on before but i think this is what uh this is where my frustration idea. is 
Yeah. You know, I can get over a genre being stale or not doing anything new for for a while. I mean, I I listen to emo. Like I yeah. you know what I've I mean? Like same always. <laughs> yeah. Ba- yeah. Basically always, right? So it I came can, out and that was it. <laughs> I can get over a a genre uh, being stale musically and only having a couple like surprising releases like we had what Spanish love songs that was kind of like it came out of nowhere hot mulligan that we're doing something new a couple years back that that we all liked um, but again that same position metals in with a couple a couple surprise releases and then your legacy bands right well, I feel like that's just heavy music in general rock metal punk and everything in between of that spectrum of that family of genres are all in that same boat so we're po- we're poking a metal but really it applies to all of the above oh i mean I'll, most of alternative culture i feel like has this weird thing and we'll get into that here in a second because i want to talk um i would like to contrast the metal community with like the punk community here in a minute okay um, but I, I want you to do me a favor and uh audience if you're listening you can do this too Google any metal festival happening in 2021. Oh, so, want me to Google? Uh, yeah, yeah, festival? that wasn't like a, a rhetorical Google. <laughs> I know. I that know. was a uh, little Google. Yeah. Uh, so one that I see is Metal and Beer Fest is the first one that came up for me. Okay. We got Converge. How long has Converge been a band? Uh, no idea <laughs> at this point. Right, we have ACDC down at the bottom here. Uh, we have, here's another one, Amana Marth, Mashuga. You see these bands that they're headlining. They've been around forever. Yeah. Forever. And, you know, I feel like people want to write that off and be like, well, yeah, they have the biggest fan base. They've been around forever. But other festivals aren't like that. Like, hip hop really hypes up new artists a lot. Yeah. And that's one of those things, like the culture around around hip hop is more like, hey, you're going to be relevant for a couple years unless you're one of the greats. You're going to have a debut album that people like, and then you're gone unless you earn your spot with every single release. Yeah. And they do all these things to hype up new artists, right? They have the freshman mix that they always do where it's like, Hey, here's some up and comers. Let's, let's hear their freestyle. Let's, let's check them out. Let's check out their debut mixtapes. Where's that energy in, in metal. Yeah. I actually, there's a great interview, uh, with Scott Ian Lewis, he's the vocalist of Carnifex, and not their latest album, because I think maybe COVID kind of fucked up some of the plans for the album, uh, but the album before that, World War X, was the first time they ever had um, features on their al- on any of their albums. They had some guitar player I-, I hadn't heard about before. I don't even know if he was a metal guy or not, but he featured on the album. And then Alyssa White Glues um, from Arch Enemy featured on the album too. And he was basically saying like how we need to do look at hip hop and what they do in terms of collaborations and features. Yeah. And yes. that does 1, such a good job of expanding needs- stuff. 
And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, awesome that you were calling this out and you're pointing to this, you know. And I thought the the features on that album too, despite only being it was only two features, but did so much. Or, you know, we mentioned earlier the uh the Bring Me Horizons latest album too. Like the fact that they go from like young blood, but then they have uh Amy Lee from Evanescence on there. Yeah. Like, not only polar opposites in terms of what they do, but also but in, in, and how so long they've been to around it. too. Well, it's like here, they got a feature with Amy Lee who's been around forever, but then Youngblood, who at the time was an up and coming artist. Yeah. And they're like, let's give him, you know, sure. He'd already picked up traction on his own. It's not like they, they found him at a club, but yeah. you know what I mean? But still like, let's give him a spot on our album. Like, I respect that. I don't see enough bands doing it. In fact, it's not enough. Yeah. In fact, I see so much gatekeeping in the metal genre, not just from artists, but go on like a forum. Yeah. They don't want to hear anything new. They hate yeah. new bands. Yeah. They, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Bring Me the Horizon released their like alternative rock album a few years ago everyone shat on it and now those same people are like man that was really cool like they brought a lot to the scene like yeah they really mix it up and wow they can do whatever they want it's like these like weird hipsters that are in the the community yes. or whatever and, and i feel like it you have a little bit of that and you're always going to have a little bit of that in any any, any community form, right yeah. any community there's always going to be that but I swear to you, as someone who has gone to hip-hop shows, has gone to emo shows, has gone to metal shows, has been on the forums, the subreddits, metal is significantly worse. Yeah. And if you go to a metal show, you can tell it's a metal show by looking at the people there. There is such a lack of diversity. And I'm not even talking like, oh, it's just dudes or just white men. It's not even that it's just white dudes. It's a, it's all white dudes that are dressed the exact same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but metal has the small, I mean, um, there's hardly any people of color at most metal shows. I will women, say actually women uh, feel maybe... turned off from it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's not a growing, a growing thing. Or that you know, there's no counter examples of bands or, or fan bases. I'm saying in personal experience at going to metal shows versus going anywhere else, it everyone looks the exact same in a metal Well, show. I will say this is partially because of where you live compared to where I live. Because I have a completely different experience going to metal shows, dude. Like, man, they're so diverse. Uh obviously. Clothing wise, yes, it is a bunch of people wearing all black. I'm a person who wears all black and as you a gotta white remember dude. though, most of the shows I'm going to are in Pittsburgh, not local. Yeah, I know, but so, I, don't, I don't know. Pittsburgh I don't know what the I don't know what the diversity looks like in P- Pittsburgh, but pretty I'm just diverse. saying But I'm just saying from my experience, it's yeah, yeah. not it does not look like that at all. Honestly, there's so many people of color, there's so many a good mix of men and women. Uh I uh, and and people of different ages too. Like I've gone to like really extreme shows, and there's people who are definitely like pushing sixty or something there. But there's also like teenagers who just got off, just got out of class or whatever, who were there. Um, 
I do think overall in terms of the community, it seems like that. And I think I think the diversity issue is more problematic in terms of the artists. I feel like it's like I can't like Spearbox has a woman, yes, but she's a white woman. I can't think of that many people of color that are in metal. There there are some bands like uh uh what's his name? Misha something uh yeah, in periphery. Uh, Jason Butler from Let Live and Fever three three three. Yeah, there's like there's some examples, there's but man, examples there's so far few. But but there's, there's like hardly few. any. And and here's the thing, like, yeah, you have your counter examples of living in California and seeing what the crowd looks like. Yeah. Um. But I mean, if you, I mean, if you just go online and pick a metal video, yeah, a yeah, live video, I, and look at the crowd, you know what you're dudes. seeing. Yeah, yeah. With beards and battle jackets, like yeah. jean jean vests. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like it's the same fucking thing, man. I and do feel like the clothing choice, though, is part of the culture. Like clothing and your looks, and like, I know, it's but just it's just one of those. It's just like all these dudes dress the exact same, standing around as a like, dude who dresses on, like man. that. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like can somebody wear something different? Yeah, someone yeah. put some fucking color on. Like, god damn. It is just a part, a huge part of like that side of alternative, uh, like culture, you know, and not just metal, but I'm just talking about alternative, you know, uh, culture in general, especially in the modern age. It is a lot of that, you know, uh, and then you get into some other territories that obviously aren't because then you have like seeing kids who are like all neon colors and shit like that. And you're like, whoa, what, what happened here? Uh, did someone drop a bucket of paint on you or something? Uh, but, you know, it's, and that's fine. That, that's cool. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. But at the same time, I, I don't know. My experiences are different, though. But I do see, uh, and especially when you look up videos, yeah, sure is definitely a very, up, very. You look up videos or you just look male centered. Look at demographics. I mean, from what advertisers are going to want to sell to, they know exactly what their demographic <laughs> is. Um, but I think metal is doing basically the same thing the punk scene did. And one thing I've realized here in the last, it, you know, I feel like I've been bitching about metal forever, but it hasn't been until the last year that I've realized that I think I just like punk. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? Where it's like, I think you're coming to a, an, it's a, like yeah. metal and punk have been so it not, you know, not at their, at their births. But where they are now, with punk being a relatively dead genre, um, metal heading that way, but they have intertwined very much with hardcore and then metalcore, where it's kind of a finer line than it used to be. But I've realized, like, the bands in metal that I like, like, take Every Time I Die, for example, they're a fucking punk band. Yeah. Like, if you listen, 90% of their songs are hardcore punk songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they have metal influence. Yeah. But they're a punk band. Let Live, punk band. Like, all the, you know, pop punk, well, close to punk. Like, all these artists that I still listen to that I'm like, wow, no, I really like them, like, straight from the path, punk band. And I'm realizing I identify more with that genre, that subgenre, really, because I uh, would hardly call it a genre of its own at this point. Um, 
I think the community's different. I would, I yes, say no. I, I think as far as like the whole gatekeeping thing, I bitch about. I think punk is worse when it comes to music, but I feel like they're a little more diverse when it comes to people. I feel like a lot of it though still kind of blends together though. I feel like a lot like they used to be so separate back in like the eighties and nineties, sure, and now. Uh, like you cause there's some tours where it's like hey here's like so, a bunch of metal bands but there's also some bands you could consider to be punk and or hardcore you know yeah so so it is so different now so i don't necessarily think of the audiences being separate i've never thought i never felt that way it's in the mo- in the way it is now in the last like i would say i'm not talking i would say so probably much, like 15 20 years i guess i'm not talking so much of going to shows but like being on the forums and and talking to people in the scenes and people that like that music it seems like there's a massive difference between the two um like you go on the subreddits go on some of their websites and blogs the way they talk are different the way they talk about new music is different um i just don't use forums so i i I have no idea you don't have that frame (laughs) of reference i don't i don't I've never been much of a Reddit user or anything like that. I just never been into it. Um, I'll just I like bitch on. Twitter. I like finding new stuff, and that's typically how I do. Yeah. Um. And then there's other sites too, and and stuff like that where you get to see, and then of course going to shows and talking to people there and getting their experiences and stuff like that. But I think metal is doing exactly what punk did. Because punk killed itself, yeah, by not letting anybody else in. While Except, being, I don't think it's going to have that result though. While being a subgenre of being like, oh, this is about like your uniqueness and doing whatever the fuck you want, not conforming. They very much expected you to conform, yeah, to to their ideals to go into that scene, and it killed the genre. And when I see things like what Corey Taylor does every other Wednesday. Anytime this motherfucker is interviewed, he has to gatekeep something. He has to. He can't help it. I don't know about that. I, don't, I think that's an exaggeration. I think that dude has done some pretty bad things to the metal world. I think he's done more good personally, though. I think with just how much that band has Slipknot influenced I think the Slipknot metal scene. Has done, I think Slipknot has done a lot for the genre. I think Corey Taylor has constantly held it back. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I think because it's also it's like I just don't. I think people get into the ter- dangerous territory of giving all the credit to the uh, the singer of a band, especially when he's not actually the mastermind behind the band. That's clown. Right. Uh, but even then, it's it's a collaborative experience because that's where good music comes from. It's a collaborative experience and not someone uh, holding everything hostage and whatnot. Uh, I know Chris Motionless from Motionless to White kind of does that, uh, stuff like that. So some there's there are some bands that do have like an overall mastermind. Not necessarily that's a bad thing always, but it it can't it can be um, depending on where the, the direction goes. But I I don't know. I I, I don't. Here's think my so. I beef. Think... Here's my beef with Corey Taylor. Okay, he is in the headlines for what he thinks about something every week. Yeah. Loudwire, here's what Corey Taylor has to say about the new Spirit Box album. Uh, 
metal sucks. Here's what Corey Taylor has to say about hip hop. Here's what Corey Taylor like. Who gives a fuck with it, this? It's old become dude? a meme too of what what does Corey Taylor think? Yeah, it's like who gives a fuck with this old ass dude things. Well, to be honest, I think it's less on him. That's less on him, though. I don't think that's he a good need, example. He of feeds this. into it, though. I think he does. I think to a degree, yes. But also, as someone who is a journalist who has to write these articles like this and whatnot, it's that's on the readers. Like someone, they the a few it's, articles came the out. Readers of like, are hey, the reason. No, the the readers are the reason that the interviewers ask the question. It's not the reason Corey Taylor has to fucking answer it. I, I I think that's just because he's just t- so. There's some people who are just a very opinionated people, and like if someone asked him a question, he's going to answer it. And I think that's just like just that's just how some people are. Just, man, there's some people who just like give shit answers in interviews. They go, "Yep, that's about it," and then you go, "Really? That's your answer? Okay." And he gives something more detailed. It might be a little spicy, um, but I don't. I I think as someone in that industry, I I. I think that's more on the readers because people feed into that because they're reading it. The journalists are only asking these questions because they know it's going to get views and that's going they're going to get paid, you know, and that's what people are trying to go for. And sadly, based on how the internet works too, it, that leads to one, the internet leads to a lot of toxicity, which I think is also a culprit in the metal scene because I don't think the metal, when I go, to shows the metal scene's not toxic but when i go to online it's toxic so i think it's part of the internet is has corrupted that genre um even I though probably i will a lot of that i will say uh going to metal shows in person while i have had i have had more bad experiences in metal shows than other genres as far as assholes in the in the crowd yeah, um, people get rowdy in the in the pit too, and like people just act like dicks in the pit, you know. Well, even outside the pit, I've run into more issues in metal than any other mm-hmm. genre, but not significantly, not like significantly more. Yeah, not, not like, like enough that I'm like not something where I would be like going to a metal show is dangerous. Yeah, going to a metal show is a bad time because it's not that severe. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it does happen more. I think it's aggressive music, and that tends to to bring out something in some people. And I don't think yeah. that's the music's fault, but I think it's a harsh reality is aggressive music brings out aggression in people. And that's yeah. something that shouldn't be overlooked. But back to the, you know, kind of a counterpoint to you. Music seems to be the only industry where it's okay to talk shit on your on your fellow musicians. Yeah. You don't and, see much of that in like in other well because uh, it's in, fucking in other industries. It's frowned upon yeah. in other industries. And like, okay, hip hop, it's a part of the culture, so whatever. Yeah, I think. I think in terms of that, I think hip hop's way worse about it. Oh, way, way, way worse. But, and a lot of my beef with, with Corey is he's done this about a ton of artists growing up where he's like, what do you think of this? He's like, I hate it. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of Kim Kardashian wearing this Converge shirt? I hate it. Like just things that like, if it was any other industry, he would come off like such a fucking asshole. Yeah, because like, you know, take, you know, I work in occupational health. 
can you imagine if I was just in our newspaper, like talking shit on our competitors all the time being yeah. like, Oh yeah. Tony over there. Fuck Tony. Tony hasn't contributed <laughs> nothing. Like, no, seriously. Tony can go fuck himself. Right. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I, I haven't liked another rock health business. And <laughs> like, like the shit Corey Taylor says every week, like I haven't liked a new rock. I haven't liked any new rock music in 20 years. Like, okay. Fucking well, then what do you like? Talk, bring, use your platform to shed light on what you do like instead of what you don't like. I think, I think he does that more than you're giving him credit for. Um, especially when you look at the bands they bring on tour with them or they, that they bring on for their festivals because he is involved with like that, you know, those decisions, I would assume. But also, like, I, no, he does talk about bands that he stuff he does like sure it is a lot there's a lot of negativity and i do think it's a little obnoxious but i do think it's also because uh i think there's other circumstances that tie into that so i don't necessarily it's all on him uh of course you know like we just have our different views of course and i may or may not have my bias because i just i am a big fan and whatnot i have like all of his books and i've listened to a slipknot uh, a shit ton but i i don't i think I think people have this gripe with him, but I think a lot of it is a little overblown, but I do think he does gatekeep sometimes. I do agree with some of the criticism. I just think a lot, some of it is maybe a bit exaggerated or and overblown. I, the reason I'm pointing him out specifically right now is of course the, the controversy stuff. with, with MGK, but Corey Taylor is, is definitely not the only person in the genre to do this. Yeah. Um, and it, it's something, you know, I, I do want us to get into the MGK thing here before, before we end the podcast, but before that there are other, I picked him out because of the current headlines, yeah. but this is something I see in metal a lot where the, the legacy bands don't use their platform to, to shine light on new artists. And I think it's killing the genre. Yeah, I also think some bands don't handle criticism well. Remember, not the latest album, but the album before that Suicide Sounds put out, where it was like 70% uh, singing instead of screaming, and people hated it. Uh, people were maybe too aggressive about it, but it was not that good. It, it sounded like a shitty uh, Deftones album uh, with the way Eddie Hermione yeah, yeah, was singing. Yeah, yeah. But his reaction was, well, yeah, fuck you, you know, and blah, 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 and like insulting fans. And then the next album is their normal sound that they had way before that and there's no singing whatsoever and it's like wow way to insult your fans then revert back on your uh on on your uh on your sound you know and it's just like wow it's like like i like Corey taylor uh i know you don't i think i know you think he's a douche i don't think he is but man already eddie hermita can go fuck himself that dude that guy's a piece of shit um i think based on what he did there and especially how they they treated it but then you look at uh white chapel they got the same thing a lot of people were angry oh you guys changed your sound blah 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 and they put out a statement being like hey if you've are not supporting us anymore. That's totally cool. Thank you for bringing us to this point in our career. Bro and staying on board. We can't wait to share you with you what we're going to do next. I'm like, God damn. 
how many bands do that like regardless of the genre to actually respond to the hate but also in like a really constructive professional respectful manner i'm like fuck yeah that's, that's awesome i think that was like one of the coolest things i've seen a metal band do contrasting to the uh the stuff with suicide sounds that were going on in the same genre around the same time you know and it's like man you guys are not looking good when Whitechapel is doing uh putting out the yeah. opposite statement that's actually really positive but uh, but an, another example another one just again this is a recent one things that you see like the uh legacy metal artists hating when people use their aesthetic or their merchandise like the most recent one was the uh cannibal corpse vocalist oh Oh yeah, it was bitching the about a Kardashian wearing a Cannibal Corp shirt. Call yeah, her it was the poser. original. Not, yeah, not their current vocalist. Yeah, uh, not a uh, corpse grinder who supposedly is a really nice guy. Apparently, he does like a lot of charity work and does a lot of like really cool shit. But yeah, the the original vocalist Chris and, Barnes is his name, I think. Yes, and this yeah. isn't something unique to him so i don't want to single him out like i singled yeah. out Corey because the um, kardashians have been have been seen wearing uh metal merch before and they've been slammed by the entire metal community before um but it's like i think i think that's it, actually i think it's positive. cool because it's, yeah. it can only be a good thing one that's publicity for the band and two you don't know who's gonna look that band up and like it and yeah. you get someone new. So stuff like that, like just gatekeeps the the genre even more. And I don't yeah. see this in other like I don't, you know, you don't see someone wearing like a uh Kendrick Lamar shirt being called a fucking poser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't see it in other stuff, but it just those things I constantly remember seeing all the time growing up. Where, yeah, oh, can I, you believe the celebrities wearing this? I bet they can't even name three songs. Yeah. And oh, you're like wearing also, a you're wearing a behemoth shirt. Name me all their songs. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a crazy person thing. Yeah, they're the I feel like those types of extreme fans are in every genre, but I feel like they're overbloated in metal. I do agree with that. Like, man, it's it's nuts. And I think also like some of it is just like it can be so positive like you said like uh i i could see it being a detriment if the kardashians were it because they are kind of controversial figures but universally beloved people who are mainstream figures have given their love to metal before like there's um like at post malone dude he applied yeah. he tried to audition to be the guitar player for crown the empire, crown the empire admit, right yeah, he's childhood, but he's because he's childhood friends with the singer of that band. Actually, they go way back. Actually, um, there's videos of him screaming to a day to remember songs. Admittedly, his screaming. Have you heard those videos of him screaming? No. It is the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. It's a it's it. a dying cat. It, he's bad at it. But hey, but I gotta give matter. him props though. I I think that's cool. He's showing his love. Actually. The so a couple years ago, Slayer retired, and you know, like they're a classic thrash metal band. I got to see them on the first leg of that farewell tour. But at the last show they ever played, so many celebrities there. Post Malone was there, Jason Momoa was there. Is a video of Jason Momoa, who's the guy from Pantera, Phil Phil Anselmo. Oh, that's right. I was I always forget how to say his last name. There's Ooh, a video of can't have uh, a metal conversation and fuck up his name. So I'm glad I glad I have that one on the back burner. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a video of him and Jason Moore hand in hand slow dancing to Slayer, and it's the cutest thing ever. And it's like that's awesome. Like, like these two mainstream celebrities at Slayer's final show. There's also a and there's an interview with Margot Robbie, uh, in I think it was an interview with Jimmy Fallon, and she said when she was younger, when she was like a teenager, she dyed her hair black and like was in the metal phase. Everyone in the audience and Jimmy Fallon laughed, obviously, right? right. At, like here's Margot Robbie, she used to be a metalhead. She kind of laughed with it, and whatnot. But then you could tell it still holds a special place in her because she just went, yeah, I've seen Slipknot live. And Jimmy Fallon, of course, laughs and goes, oh, yeah, how was that then? You know, it's the typical mainstream ignorance of like, yeah. oh, here you go, you know? And she goes, it's the greatest concert I've ever been to. That band's amazing. And he went, oh, oh, that's oh, cool. <laughs> like, she was legit like, this is fucking awesome. But you know, the reason you hear about stuff like that so much more is because it doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. like where other other genres feel so intertwined with with pop culture all the time yeah and that's partially because just they're just simply more mainstream they're just like more accessible is, right yeah so i understand and, that but i i'm gonna stick by i okay yeah whew. you know i'm not saying there's no positivity or or no positive examples in metal but i really have been scorned by that community and how they they treat outsiders a lot and how uh you know you can try to be accessible like it's okay yeah like you don't have to have inaccessibility be your thing yeah and you i can think- be metal and have your music be inaccessible and then you be really welcoming to new people yeah. in the community and i don't see i i don't see a whole lot of that from from again i mean the fans on the specific thing yeah uh, yeah this is still on the culture i think musically i think it being inaccessible is actually a benefit to the music because it is kind of like a special thing that's like like this inclusive like this that's like this exclusive club right like right. of like like you go to like a white chapel show most like white chapel admittedly actually are a lot more accessible in their later music now actually even you I, I showed you the um one of the latest songs and you're like wow this is really like this is really good and this is like quite yeah. accessible but like you could have like a brutal I, brutal band that are super heavy like cow decapitation or carnifex super inaccessible bands but that's kind of like an appeal and kind of the charm of it but i think the problem with that is that that turns the audience into like this is an exclusive an exclusive club and we you need permission to come in here and it's like no it's not like that you know but people have this mentality, mentality of, of this is our thing yeah and this i this is our club this is you can't come in yeah and i think you can't sit with us there's definitely examples of it going well but yeah it's it's a detriment but it's also it needs to be inaccessible i think because it really is so much ingrained in both the culture and the music on the good sides of those. But unfortunately it kind of dribbles out into a negative territory also, you know? And like, that's the thing about metal. It's like, man, there's so many, as we've gone over, man, there's so many pros and cons. So like literally every single thing, like everything you can point to that's good. It's bad. Everything bad. There's good in there. And it's like, it's, it's a fucking mess, dude. But um, mark my words. If, metal doesn't start collaborating with other artists even if it's other metal artists start doing something to get more faces out there for the up-and-coming artists and maybe save a couple just a couple 
festival slots for bands that haven't been around for 30 years. Yeah. The genre is going to die. I don't think so. I think it actually, one, we're seeing, we don't have enough artists that are changing the game, but we do are seeing, it's gotten a little bit more consistent of getting those artists. I would say in the last a few years or so, when you look at Code Orange and Spirit Box and Ghost um, and some of these other bands, or it's bands that have been around for a while, but, but are look at how themselves. Yes, but those bands still aren't breaking through into anything. They're, well, only, no, that's they're what still I was gonna, only appealing to metal fans. That, that's I was going to get to that, though. I think what's actually going to like keep metal, metal relevant is hip-hop. Because isn't it weird that metal is not obviously mainstream? It's far from it. it you can't get more unmainstream than that, you know, and more niche than that. But, dude, it's insane how many hip-hop artists... Like our big metal fans, like like yeah. we mentioned Youngblood Tom. earlier, um, MGK getting into the heavy music scene with pop punk uh, music, Post Malone, Billie Eilish. Like these artists are like super big, but and, and you know the list goes on. But it's like these artists I, love love it, but for but it's not uh, capturing their audiences to be like you know what, uh you know like uh Youngblood featuring this Bring the Horizon album. I'm gonna check this out. You know like I'm pretty yeah. sure there's a lot of people who are like. Once they hear any screaming in that song, they turn off that song in the middle of it and they go, I can't do it. You know, like there's probably some people like that, but there's probably other people that stuck around and checked out some more songs. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I do think that's a shining. I do think that's a shining light, but I also think you just proved my point. Uh, Because what did I say? It needs to have collaboration with other artists. If it's going to, if it's going to not die and you're like, no, 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 Because look at Youngblood with Bring Me the Horizon and, <laughs> and MGK. Like, and don't get me wrong. I do understand what you're saying. There are a lot of new artists coming out right now that are changing the game. But I think my, my real point here is, like, that stuff that you just mentioned, the things that you think are really fucking cool, that's something that the genre needs to keep doing. And yeah. if it stops doing that, I think it's going to be dead. I only will reach that point, but I definitely think it needs to keep the momentum. So I think we'll we'll compromise, Troy, okay. and go okay. there. Okay, I guess I can compromise. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, before before we go, uh, which we'll see how much of this ends up getting cut, I I, I really do want to hash out this Corey Taylor MGK thing. Gotcha. I really really want to. Because mainly because my Twitter feed is nothing but this, and my TikTok feed is nothing but this. Interesting, your your TikTok feed too. Yeah, because uh, pop punk and MGK are on my and like alternative music are on my TikTok. Oh, gotcha. So it kind of goes in in this way. Uh, do you want to break down what happened, or do you want me to? Uh, you can go for it because I think you're you're probably prepared to to break it all down because there's a lot of back and forth and you know it, there's a lot of de- you know and I'm not I'm not gonna like read the emails or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. anything like that we're but not the TDLR the T yeah the TLDR for sure TLDR so, yeah <laughs> uh, we're gonna go way 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 back when um, Corey Taylor released an article that said. I hate all new music. All new music sucks. I hate it very much. Anything that's not me, I dislike. 
uh, in in different words, but that was the gist of it. <laughs> and he said, "I specifically hate when an artist fails in one genre and then goes to another genre that they don't really understand and rip off one band." And it was very clear that he was talking about MGK. Um, who, by the way, has never failed in any genre. Uh, he was a, I mean, he was number one selling artist in, in hip hop too. Though I'm not a fan of his of his rap music. To say he was a failed artist is a bit of a stretch. But that's who Corey Taylor was talking about. And MGK is kind of a bitch about that. And made a comment at a festival that has Slipknot on it. Made a joke like, I'm glad I'm not a 50-year-old wearing a fucking mask on stage. As a jab to Corey Taylor. Um, Some back and forth goes around. MGK says, well, you know, Corey was supposed to be on my album. So weird he was shit-talking me for an album he was going to be on. And then Corey was like, no, here's what really happened. I don't want anyone to write for me. Do you think that's a fair TLDR? Yeah, that's 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 pretty much up to date. For what's happening now, I, we could upload this podcast tomorrow and like... Shake within, change, right? Yeah, yeah, anything could happen. Yeah, of course. Now, let me just say that I don't think... I think MGK should have swallowed his pride. And and not taking a jab at Slipknot, especially when they're the specifically headliner at that festival. Just because it was a bad business move, yeah. And solely because it was a bad business move, he's not winning any new fans for what he did. Yeah, he's uh, also he's fairly he said, new into and, that into, this into that kind scene, of world. right? Yeah. He, he hasn't earned the the rep in that in that community. Um, and I also think it was a bad move to go and point out the mask thing because if you recall a couple months ago when the rock community hated mgk it was because he said you know he made the the warp tour bands wearing comfortable shoes comment and just said like your job is to be an entertainer like you need to entertain like of course he wasn't actually complaining about the shoes they were wearing yeah he was just saying you need to go out there and you need to entertain like you need to be a fucking rock star so I think it's kind of one of those things like it's a bad look for him to shit on Slipknot who are taking his advice or not. I mean, they've been doing it way before he came along, but yeah, they're I being, don't know if he was born then, but yeah, that they're being rock stars. They're being performers. They're being entertainers. Also, and they're, I have a they're problem. back. They're Sorry, back a- pacing uh, comfort. But other than that, I do yeah. think MGK was right in that, in that subject. I don't know. Well, one, the mask thing, that's like an appeal. Like there's some bands that have gimmicks and you're like, uh, this doesn't really work. This kind of feels tacked on. Like, I think the visual components are like a part of the identity of Slipknot and it's a part of the art form, you know? Like I think their masks are really cool and creative and like it really adds a lot to it. I think it's taking a, it's an easy jab to take of like, oh, look, this guy's the mask. It's like, but one, they've been around forever and they're kind of some, you know, yeah. cemented for as icons but it's also like the massing it's an important part of what they're expressing and like how that works into their music and into, into their live shows i feel like it's like where do you like i'm again i think both of them are in the wrong honestly overall no, i do too but i think if i go i think 
I think MGK kind of jumped the gun immature and started and and got I think he was upset. Yeah, and also he could have just made a better comment. Like he could have said something. He could have said something more personal. I would have been on his or, side. Or more or constructive. I think that I think that should have been the, the high road of of him. He should have gone something more constructive and positive instead of just be like uh just or, or he could have been like he could have like, been like I hate you know, I hate when bands have been around for for 30 years and they shit on an up and comer despite almost being on their album. Like I think that would have been the way to go. Like if he said that from the beginning, because at the end of the day, like that's some two-faced shit that Corey Taylor did. Yeah. Because if you look at those email exchanges, here's how it read to me. It read very much to me where MGK was like, I appreciate you on the album. I like it. You're a legend. Here's some changes I want to make. And it seems to me like that's a professional being like, yeah, because you want to hype up someone you're working with and you don't want to tear them down by being like, I don't like this. Let's go a different direction. But it sounded to me where he's like, "Ah, I think this could use some work. Here's what I want to do with it. And Corey Taylor, his next email was fine, by the way. To say, yeah, I thought, hey, I thought the, I thought the say, exchange was both on both. I think ends on both on both ends they were professional. What yeah. bothers me is after that email exchange, but before MGK's mass comment was Corey Taylor with his talking shit. Yeah, and it's just but one also- of those things. Like that's just classic Corey Taylor gatekeeping, like. First of all, how dare he talk about anyone's album after he released CMFT? That shit is way more embarrassing than anything MGK's ever released. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I come will on, say, man. Are you going to talk about someone ripping off a sound? Uh, I also thought, like, some of the stuff MGK was saying it in terms of that also. Like, him being like, oh, yeah, he tried to be on my album but it sucked and all that shit it's like well he showed the emails and it was clearly a positive thing obviously he ended up fucking up based on his comments in between all that but also mgk fucked up too because then he was just like he said some said that shit of like oh yeah he tried to be on there but it sucked and it's just like well clearly like the email exchange kind of shows that i'm not saying that mgk is mature in this the reason i wanted to bring it up is this is classic egomaniac Corey taylor gatekeeping the genre yeah i think CFT and i think and i think that there's and a little, i think he has a big it, ego and i think uh you know i think mgk is a bit of a douchebag i i will say despite there not being as much talent behind mgk's music or technical like musicianship i'd almost rather listen to his debut album than anything slipknot's released in the last 10 years not because i don't it's don't get me wrong objectively i think slipknot's music's better but i think it's more like time and a place like i'm not always going to be in the mood to listen to that kind of music but i think that's where you're at that's just my that's just my music taste though right but i think it's just weird for the whole thing's weird and they both really fucked up but i wanted to highlight it yeah is an example yeah i think it's a good example i think it's a good example of both genres kind of fucking up of both a rapper and a metal artist both kind of being like like all right guys rappers i mean they live off beef like that's a part of that scene right yeah and that's why i can't that's why i don't want to associate with that scene i like some hip-hop artists i think like 
someone like Denzel Curry is like one of the most talented artists on the planet. I think he's incredible. And like Post Malone, Billie Eilish, some of these other people in the, the pop and hip hop world. But goddamn, the beef thing, I, I just I can't even associate with that that community because because of the, like of that of i shouldn't say that community but of that music because of that it's just like it's like it's like grow the fuck up and this sadly also that because i i don't like beat i think people artists need to come together and people music's meant to unite people and the fact that it doesn't it sucks you know like yeah. i want to use another figurehead within rock and metal and like heavy music who does the opposite who's also i feel like up there with Corey Taylor in terms of like a big personality within the, who's come around the last 20 years is David Raymond from Disturbed because he shouts out bands positive ways. There's an interview and he was like, you mean Harry about, Mandel? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's an interview and he's like shouting out like Beartooth and of my cement, some of these other bands. Like there's a video where he had again, awesome- bands that have been out for 20 yeah, years, but, but still a few years. Yeah. But still like shouting but out bands still definitely- compared to him. Yeah. Much new. younger. And yeah. bands that he's looking to and like the bands that they bring on tour with themselves with them too of like they bring in some like they bring in some younger talent that's like that's pretty small sometimes to obviously sometimes they just bring in their friends who've also been around forever and that's totally fine you want to tour with your friends that's totally cool there's like videos of him like bringing up like younger artists like obviously he's been around for a while but austin carlisle he had him come up on stage with him and performed a song and even though that guy's a dickhead too but yeah. you know um, I won't hold that against David. Maybe they just didn't know or whatever. But but still, like stuff like that, I think is really positive. But yeah, I, there's some artists who use their platform really well, and there's some artists who use them very inconsistently. I'll say because I think Corey does put out good get, positive messages. But also I will give you that sometimes he puts out some positive. And I think someone he, who used to watch his interviews and like care what he had to say. Yeah, I I think he he's put a lot of positivity into the world too. It just his he has some bad takes when it comes to music. Yeah, he's like, if you talk to him like personal improvement or hear the things he's saying about that, I think genuinely he does, or generally he's saying positive things and putting good messages into the community. But anytime you get him asked about a fucking take on music, I'm just like, ugh, rolling my fucking eyes. Yeah, because well again just DMFT. just stop clicking on the articles troy stop doing this to yourself <laughs> i can't help <laughs> i know i know but now it's not even like oh i wonder what he has to think it's like oh my god what fucking what he'd say this time yeah yeah but yeah that's that's my beef with the metal uh, community now well, you know you may have made me realize a couple things but i don't know if i'm coming back I, that's fine that's fine hey i'll enjoy long, my couple albums a year you know this is all i want troy is for me to be the good the good example and if i could show you some shit every once in a while i'd be like hey troy check this out and you can go oh i like this yeah i showed you the white chapel song and stuff yeah. like that you know uh so Gladly. troy let me be your beacon of light into metal and so the <laughs> shittiness does not corrupt it but can i can i at least get some admission here that metal maybe could work on a couple things. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been saying that the whole <laughs> no, the know. whole podcast. Just, yeah. just to summarize here. Yeah. No, you're you're good. No, I think we both had valid points. This was a, a very civil debut. Um, man, there's some episodes that we have planned. And out, I think because we, I, I think it's just because I still got some some love for the yeah for my and, roots, right? Yeah, I'm ready for overall, for some hot takes 
in the future where I think things Ugh. might get a little more heated. Just we have like I think five more episodes that we have planned right now. Obviously, we're going to be working on making sure we come out because this podcast comes out uh, every. T- it's a biweekly podcast coming out every uh, every other Monday. Um, yes, the first and- couple episodes. The first episode might not release on a Monday just because logistics with yeah. Spotify having to approve it um, and, w- and whatever platform you guys listen. But typically the release structure is going to be every other Monday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, prepare yourselves though, man, there might be some chairs getting thrown, um, but keep up to date with us. Follow us on whatever platforms you have on there. You can go on Twitter and look up arbitrary argue uh, for our official Twitter account, which We'll keep you up to date on what's going on with the show. Also, you may just see some random bullshit on there as we like to do on there. And uh, yeah, thank yeah, you for listening to our us, debut come episode. Say hi. Yeah, definitely. Follow us. Yeah, give us some love. We love you. All right, Troy. Well, till next time. And till next time. I, I can't wait to fight with you next uh, next time. I'm scared. I'm gonna. It's gonna get heated. Woo! Gloves off. All right. Oh, see absolutely. you guys later. <laughs>